as we have different experiences, it's easy to project onto others. Yeah. But this is like, let's let C-section women tell us their experience and let's respect whatever experience they are telling us because that is what their experience was. Hi, I'm Amy Kiefer, a nurse, doula, and personal trainer. And I'm Crystal Howell, a women's health and orthopedic physical therapist. We're the co-founders of Expecting and Empowered, and we just so happen to be sisters. We built this business because we saw a huge gap between the information that women were given during pregnancy and postpartum and the information that they need. We're committed to helping close the gap so that women are better equipped to navigate these demanding and challenging years. Yes, we're both moms of three, so we know firsthand how many changes women go through physically, mentally, and emotionally because women aren't getting enough information to make informed decisions about their own health. It leaves mothers picking up the pieces afterwards. We need that to change. With our professional backgrounds, we're going to pull the curtain back on this season and give you the information you need to thrive. We're on a mission to change women's health. Let's do this. I'm excited to talk to Olena from C-Section Strong. She is the mom of two boys, a registered dietitian, and she's also had two C-section births herself. She's created an amazing community of C-section mamas on Instagram. Olena, could you tell our audience more about who you are and why you started the C-Section Strong account. Hi, yes. Thank you, Amy, so much for having me. I'm really excited and honored that you decided to have me on the podcast. So yeah, I'm Olena. Again, I'm married. I'm a mom of two boys. They're seven and a half and four and a half years old, born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. Still live here. If you can't tell by the accent. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I'm a registered dietitian, but I've been a stay-at-home mom, you know, for the most part, other than doing some, you know, consulting stuff since my first son was born. And I started C-section strong a little after my second son turned one year old. So like November of 2018. So we're going on a good three and a half years now of starting C-section strong. And in a nutshell, it started, I was in like a women's mastermind group and we were just chatting about, you know, a bunch of different things. And I just kind of had like a, I call it a breakdown slash breakthrough moment where I, like I wrote it down. And when it came time for me to like speak, like what I, you know, some of these goals and things I had ideas about when I went to read it, I like couldn't even get through the sentence. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, I want to do like, I want to create something, do something to support and help C-section moms. So, and I just lost it after I yeah. said, it, so at that point, I didn't know like what that would look like. I didn't know that I necessarily wanted to like make it a business where I'm like monetizing it. I just knew like in my heart, like this is something I needed to do. I think partially for my own like healing journey and also yeah. for, for other moms. So, you know, a few months after that, I worked with the coach I was working with at the time and we kind of, you know, fleshed things out and I officially kicked it off November of 2018. And I'm just, I can't believe how much it's grown since then. And the community that, you know, I started, but like, you know, I don't want to say the community I created because it's all the moms, you know, all the moms to be that, that are part of the community. So I actually think we found you a couple years ago. So it must've been like pretty soon into when you yeah. started. Yeah. And 
our company and your business, we both serve C-section moms. Crystal, my sister and co-founder, she's had three C-sections herself. And so that's one of many reasons that we feel this deeply personal, passionate tug to make sure that C-section moms are getting served you know, great information, support. We're covering the physical parts of it, but we're also covering the mental parts of it. So one thing you do over at your account is that you have this focus on empowering C-section births. So from your perspective, I would love to hear what does C-section empowerment mean and what does it actually look like? Yeah. So I think I I like to kind of divide it up as to what I think C-section empowerment is and isn't. So what it is not, it's not denying that parts of your birth may have been, you know, traumatic, no matter how, you know, quote unquote routine it was. It's not thinking that your journey of healing will happen on a specific timeline necessarily, you know, both physical and, you know, a mental and emotional healing. It's not comparing your birth experience to someone else's. It's not thinking that you have to share your birth story before you're ready or ever share it. It's not forgetting that you're, you know, you're a rock star, you're a warrior, that that you're a mom and that you gave birth. And what I feel like it is, is honoring your feelings, you know, the positive, the negative and everything in between, knowing that as challenging as your story may be, that it's your story to tell again on, you know, how you want to tell it and on your timeline, Shifting the narrative that cesarean births can't be positive, joyful experiences. Seeking help from mental health professionals if necessary. So again, that's part of the empowerment piece. And also being grateful for the strength you gained without necessarily loving every detail of of your birth, if that was your experience. So I think I definitely don't want to paint it as, you know, empowerment means you know, you, you have to be positive all the time about it, yeah. you know, all rainbows and butterflies. That's not it at all. So I really try to make that clear with my account. And I, I feel like I can always improve on that, but I really hope that does come across with my messaging and the stories that I share. Yeah. And I loved what you shared there. It's like empowerment is not a denial of something not going the way that maybe you envisioned, but also we're going to get into later, like some women choose to have, you know, a repeat C-section and, and the fact that people are shamed around that, like it might be a conversation we really need to open up. And I think like, as we have different experiences, it's easy to project onto others. Yeah. But this is like, let's let C-section women tell us their experience and let's respect whatever experience they are telling us because that is what their experience was. When we were preparing for this interview, we saw a post that really spoke to this point well on your account. It said, I don't have a problem with celebrating medicated vaginal births, unmedicated vaginal births, and home births. I have a problem with the often negative and disempowering portrayal of cesarean births and the stigma that surrounds them. Could you expand on this for our listeners? Sure. So yeah, I, I do want to say that I I hope that I never come across as, you know, negative towards like the quote set, you know, vaginal births, whether it was medicated, unmedicated, or home births. So that's not it at all. It's, it's again, the, the stigma that still does unfortunately exist around cesarean births. You know, I think some people may not see that it's there, but 
I think you and I both know that it's mm-hmm. there. It's, you know, from the comments I read and messages I get from moms, you know, it's it's what I felt after I, for sure, after I had my first one, less after I had my second. But yeah, just, you know, decreasing that stigma, but also kind of putting all births kind of on the same playing field. Like they're all hard in their own way. They're all unique in their own way. They're all, they all can be positive, you know, at least one thing in their own way. So yeah, I never want it to be about, you know, being negative towards, you know, the vaginal births or the home births. I do want to say that, you know, again, after those first few years, after having my first son, like I couldn't read those kind of birth stories though. It was very hard for me to read, you know, someone who had a vaginal birth, whether at home or at the hospital. And now just, I think because as time has passed and I've healed more, like I can definitely read those stories and I have an appreciation for them then, like, you know, just how awesome, or it doesn't mean that I can read all of them, or it doesn't mean that I don't get, you know, emotional about it. But I think, yeah, just having that appreciation for our bodies and the experiences we have. So I hope that answered your question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I remember actually coming, Crystal and I coming on your podcast. I don't know if you remember this like yeah. a couple of years ago, maybe. And it, for those of you that don't know, Crystal has had three cesarean sections and I've had three vaginal unmedicated births. And so that was hard for us as sisters to go through because we wanted to support each other. But we had our babies like baby number one together, baby number yeah. two together, baby number three together. So like in real time, she was like, I couldn't read your birth stories because yeah. that it was just too hurtful. Mm-hmm. And then something else that you said is like unexpected and empowered too. We've grown to understand that not everyone perceives their C-section as negative or, right. you know, cause I think a lot of like the C-section messaging can come off that way. Mm-hmm. And like I've said, we've grown to understand because some moms were like, wait, I loved my birth. Like, yes. don't, yes. don't put words in my mouth. I loved my C-section. Exactly. So we're telling birth stories on this podcast and we are making sure to include C-section birth stories because that is a birth and a way to give birth. But like you said, we've all heard the myths. I mean, I've heard C-sections the easy way out. People assume that, you know, down below has no issue because you had a C-section. Like Mm -hmm. there's a ton of myths out there that society has portrayed C-sections to be. I wanted to hear from you since you're so in community with the people that have had cesarean sections. What are the most common themes that come up in your community? Yeah. One of the top ones that I've heard from, from moms and like, this is actually really, these are things that they've actually been told. So it's sad to hear, but so one of them was that it wasn't really a birth. And I understand that some moms don't feel like they necessarily gave birth. So I'm not talking about that aspect of it. I'm talking about people that have actually told these moms that, well, you didn't really give birth because you had a C-section. So I just think it's awful. It's sad. Mm -hmm. So, so that's one, like you mentioned that it was an easy way like the easy way out, or it was a convenience, whether for the mom or for the doctor, you know, that's, that's a definite myth out there. One of the most more popular ones, I would say, and that you didn't have a positive experience. Like you said, some women choose to have a C-section, you know, with their first birth, some choose the repeat C-section for, you know, their second, third, fourth pregnancy. So the myth that it can't be a positive experience is definitely out there along those same lines that you didn't choose the C-section that it was, you know, either your doctor forced you or coerced you into it, or, or they're all kind of like an emergent situation, which is not, not necessarily true. And I, 
like what you said, that it's, you know, that because you didn't push out a baby that, you know, your pelvic floor, your pelvic area, your vagina, every, you know, all that, that it's not affected because you didn't push out a baby. So I would say those are the top, top that I hear. I've heard, I've read some other just nasty things that people have been told, but those are the top ones. Yeah. It's it's (laughs) It's unbelievable. You know, it's, and it happens about a lot of different subjects in motherhood, whether that be cesareans, whether that be if someone's formula feeding, Mm -hmm. whether that be, I have three children of the same sex and I hear the meanest comments. So it's this thing where this is just not necessary, you know, to say these things to women. We want to make that very clear. I did want to talk about a topic that I don't see covered very much, but I know that there are really valid, great reasons that women might actually feel relieved to schedule a C-section. So I know this is so taboo in our society to talk about, but I want to know in your community what you've heard from women that have scheduled C-sections. Yeah. So I think if it's a repeat C-section, you know, feeling more because they know more of what to expect than they did the first time. So there's kind of that comfort level. That's definitely how I felt with my second birth. You know, I had, you know, in the beginning I was, you know, considering having, you know, doing a VBAC or a repeat cesarean. And I, I felt very comfortable and confident with, you know, after discussing with my doctor, of course, doing the repeat C-section because like, I knew it was going to be a difficult recovery, but it was, it went much better than the first time because I knew what to expect. So yeah, that comfort level that you can kind I mean, you can't hundred percent plan everything in advance, even if it's a plan C-section, but you can get, you know, things a little more ready because you usually know, you know, the date of when you're going to give birth, you know, and if you have a medical condition or your baby have a medical condition, it kind of can put your mind at ease. I think, you know, there are women who choose, I think they call it a primary scheduled cesarean. Again, I'm not a medical professional, so I may be getting that wrong, but you know, they're choosing a scheduled cesarean from the beginning. And I know sometimes that could be because of, you know, past trauma. So I think that's a very valid reason. Again, I'm not also not a mental health professional, but I know that I've, I've seen that. I've heard that from women that because of past traumas, that that's not something they want to go through. So again, that's probably a conversation with, you know, their doctor and, um, you know, a mental maternal mental health therapist, but I would say those are the most common that I've heard. And here's the thing for me, it's like, why don't we stop asking women why they had a C-section? Like yeah. if they want to tell us, like, let's welcome that. But I also feel like it, it's like you have to prove that you have this really valid reason. Right. And the way that other people choose to birth or have to birth is not really any of our business. Like, and like we said, we're happy to hear birth stories. We want to celebrate every type of birth, but birth isn't the same for every single person. Like she might have something that she doesn't want to disclose to you Mm -hmm. and that's valid period. So it's like, we just have to be a little bit more careful with the way that we are talking to other women, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. 
So let's talk about women that know that they are going to have a C-section and they are feeling very nervous about it. What advice would you give them on how they could kind of help themselves to feel more prepared for what is to come? I think definitely asking your doctor, you know, all the questions that you have, you know, whether that's, you know, there may be some things you don't want to know or don't want to find out, but in my, you know, I, I would want to know again, as much as possible, you know, ask what options you have during birth. I know every hospital and doctor is going to be different, but, you know, ask if you can have music playing, ask if you can have the clear drape, if you want it, you know, if you don't want that option, you know, just knowing what your options are at the hospital, if you can have a birth photographer or, you know, have somebody in the room take photos if you want. I mean, I think, you know, treating it as much like a birth as possible. I mean, yes, it's a surgery and it's a birth. I always want to, you know, have those things together. It's not just a surgery, it's surgery and it's birth. So trying to make it again, as much of a birth experience as possible. Now, some people I know, you know, they, they like reading birth stories beforehand because it's, I don't know, I think it helps them, but I know some women don't. So that's obviously that's, that's your call. So know that, you know, reading other birth stories before you have your C-section may not help you, you know, that's going to be on a very individual basis, get as much ready for, you know, the immediate recovery after, you know, beforehand. And of course, expecting empowered, you got, you have just amazing resources. I wish you guys were around after I had my C-sections, but, you know, as far as like icing the incision, incision care, I mean, at least at my hospital, there was very little C-section recovery information. I mean, there really wasn't. I don't, I think that's kind of the norm everywhere. I don't know for sure, but, you know, having those things in place beforehand. So, you know, when, when you're like in that infant newborn haze that, you know, you, those things are ready to go for you. A little bit of nervousness and anxiety, I think is, is normal. Like, again, when I had my second C-section, I, I definitely felt some nerves, but I think it was the kind of like excitement, anticipation that I'm going to meet my next baby. So mm -hmm. I think there's a distinction between like feeling like really nervous about the procedure and what could happen versus that just that normal kind of like the adrenaline rush of knowing that you're going to soon meet your next baby. Yeah. I loved your answer. When I was at my doula training to become a doula, we talked about C-sections. And I think one thing that a lot of people don't know is that you have choices. So mm -hmm. see what your choices are wherever you're going to have your birth. So are there clear drapes? Do you want music? All of that. But then also one thing that we learned is that doulas go to C-sections to make sure that the mom is getting everything she needs. Yes. Sometimes some providers kind of forget that this is their birth. And yeah. so do you want that provider to narrate like the baby's head coming out and, and things that you would hear if it were a vaginal birth or do you not? Like the doula can help advocate mm -hmm. that like, hey, instead of chit-chatting what you guys are doing this weekend, like focus on this mom. This is her baby coming into the world and she wants to hear every detail. And some, like we're saying some women don't, like some right. women do not want to hear the details, like that's too much. But figure out what you want and then advocate that that is the experience that you most want to have so that your healthcare team can like accommodate those requests. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a big thing is like, let's get these women empowered so they can have the best experience that they can have. Yeah. I wanted to mention about, you know, having your hands for some reason, I don't know the medical reason, you know, they, 
they usually restrain your hands a little bit. So asking if you can have at least one arm free, I really, I so wish I would have done that with my second C-section. I just, I wasn't really thinking about it. So it doesn't feel so restrictive, you know, and asking if, you know, once they make sure the baby is okay, if they can, you know, at least put, put them on your chest, if you want that initial skin to skin, or if you want to give it to your partner, or, you know, if you want them to have the baby first, that's fine too. But again, just asking as much detail as possible about the preferences. Yeah. And one of the posts that you've posted on Instagram, we reposted it on our Instagram tagging you is the idea of what do you wish every C-section mama knew? And for the women that have already had C-sections, we ask like, what do you wish you could go back and tell yourself before your C-section? So I would love to hear your answers to that question. Oh gosh, before my first C-section, probably that recovery is not, is not going to be easy. Just, you know, that first, the first week or two, and that it's okay to not love everything that necessarily happened like during your labor. And that led to your C-section, you know, having that, like questioning it, you know, with the healthcare providers and still, you know, really being grateful for, you know, that you made it through. Okay. And your baby made it through. Okay. And that you're, you know, you're happy for, for that part of the experience. I think holding, at least for me personally, holding both of those together is okay. Yeah. I love that. I love that because I think what happens to women too is like our feelings can be really dismissed if our baby is healthy and if we are okay. And right. it's like, no, that's not a healthy baby is so, so important. And it's not every single thing that's going to impact that mom. If birth didn't go the way that she wanted, if she felt like her C-section was traumatic, like there's all these things that go into the mom's healing. And so like you were saying, like holding both, like I am so thankful that my baby and I are okay. And I know I'm processing some of what happened. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So the last, one of the last questions that we have for you is when a friend, a family member, like I saw my sister right after her cesarean in that hospital bed. And for those of you that know Crystal, she's like always like jumping around. She's so active. She's so lively. And like, I don't know, I guess walking into that hospital room was the first time that I saw like, wow, this was a big surgery and something Mm -hmm. that it's going to take even Crystal a while to recover from. If people are looking to support someone that has had a C-section, do you have best tips on how they can show up for them? And on the flip side, is there anything we should avoid? Um, I think some things, you know, to avoid as far as maybe saying is, you know, some of those things we talked about, the myths, you know, saying anything like that, saying anything negative, you know, assuming things, assume whether it's, you know, assuming that it was a horrible, terrible experience or assuming that it was, you know, really not simple, but you know, that it it was an easy, quick thing, not assuming anything, whatever it is. And if you're someone who had a C-section and you're talking to your friend or family member, not, not like projecting your experience onto them. So my two best friends and they, they both one had has had two C sections, two children, and my like best friend since the third grade. She just had her first child in November, and she, she had a C section too. So I have to be really careful not to like. 
I don't know if project my feelings or thoughts onto them, you know, if that's the right term, but because I have this account and I've, I've been doing this for a few years now, I want to be really careful not to like, you know, try to assume what their experience is or has been. So I think I've done a good job <laughs> with that. But so, yeah, I think, I think that is important. And as far as like ways to show support, you know, not necessarily waiting for them to tell you what they need as far as, I think this, this could go for every, you know, postpartum mom in those first few weeks, but, you know, bringing prepared food that's like ready to go, not stuff that they have to prepare and cook. And if you're out of town, you know, sending gift cards for that, whether it's meal delivery, meal prep, like prepped meals, ready to microwave, you know, stuff for the C-section scar, whether that's, you know, the silicone patches, you know, an ice pack, belly binder, you know, you know, you can kind of ask like maybe things that they still need, but kind of taking the initiative to like, to do those things or get those things for them. Yeah. Not expecting if you are visiting, not expecting the mom to, you know, be up and about trying to, you know, entertain and host you because again, it it is a big incision that, that they're dealing with in recovery. So yeah. Yeah. I feel like those ones are so good. No matter which way someone gave birth, it's like, okay, ask, like, does she even want you to come over? Cause right. I think that we really assume that everyone wants us to run over. Even if you're like best friends, it's like, A, does she want that? And then B, the only one I was thinking I might add to this conversation is if she has toddlers and you are friends with that toddler, be like, can we take Max to the park for, we're going to the park. Do you want us to just grab him? Because I know my sister has talked about like having toddlers and then having her repeat C-sections. Like that's Mm -hmm. really hard because toddlers, they don't understand necessarily that mom's stomach is really sore or that she can't throw them around like normal. So thinking of that could be really, really thoughtful. And I loved what you said. It's like, let every woman share her experience without making assumptions about what it was. Like Mm -hmm. we project our experience on other people all the time. That's a life lesson. Like stop doing that and just listen to people and how they feel. So I have absolutely loved this conversation. You have incredible insight. I love what you are doing with your community and for for women that have had C-sections. So I know our audience found this information valuable. If they want to, where can they find more of you? Sure. So you can find the birth stories that women share on my website, csectionstrong.com. It is c-sectionstrong.com. My Instagram account is at csectionstrong. And yeah, I, I do have a podcast. I've not release a new episode in quite some time. But if you're someone who's brand new and has never listened to the podcast, there's a ton of episodes there. Again, one with you and Crystal about C-section recovery. So that's the C-section strong podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. So yeah, those are all the places. And I'm really thankful again that you decided to have me on It's our pleasure. Thank you so much. If you guys enjoyed this episode, the biggest favor to us would be if you shared it on Instagram, tagging expecting and empowered and C-section strong so that more women can find the resources that they might need.